Good evening, everyone. Uh, so tonight's lesson uh, is entitled, Don't Wait for Tomorrow. And the uh, scripture reading to get us started for the evening is from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 5. Again, that's 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 5. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly well that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. I wanted to speak to you this evening about not waiting until tomorrow to do the things that you need to do today. Not to let the things of this world stand in the way of what you need to do to follow God, live your life the way he would want us to, and to treat your fellow man the way he has instructed us to do so. It's hard, though. Far too often in the world, we get caught up in things and come up with excuses for why we need to work longer hours, can't see those friends of ours that used to be so cl- we used to be so close with, or sleep in on a Sunday morning because the kids kept us up all night. Each of the reasons for these excuses, while having some validity, and particularly the last one about the kids keeping you up is uh, particularly true, uh, are all rooted in the premise that there will be a tomorrow and that there will be an opportunity to change our course that we will be able to come to God at the last moment, make amends with friends and family that we've estranged over the years, and make our peace on earth and with our maker, all with some sort of foresight that the end is near. But that's not how it actually works for the vast majority of people. We get one shot to get it right, and we don't know when that window of opportunity will close upon us forever. From James chapter 4, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, Spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Do you know what will happen on the last day? The Bible tells us that the ultimate destination is eternity in heaven in the presence of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, if we have faith and obey. There is also eternal damnation for those who do not believe and do not obey. So how do we make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing? The Bible gives us some simple truths. From Romans 3, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are all inherently sinners and therefore separated from God by that sin. Later on in Romans 6, For the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has provided a path to have that relationship with him. From John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is only one way to get on that path and stay on that path, and that is through following Jesus. From Romans 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Despite all of these instructions, we often put our faith to the side to deal with the urgent needs of today. I'd like to highlight three excuses this evening that people myself included, often get caught up with. We focus on them instead of focusing on what we really need to be doing to follow Jesus and to build that relationship with him. Excuse number one, I need to work harder or longer hours because I need a new house, car, boat, kids' braces, whatever it is. Excuse number two, I have too much on my mind right now. And excuse number three, I'm too busy. I couldn't possibly find time for Bible study, 
to go to church, to sit with a friend, to do any number of things. None of these excuses are invalid, but they're distracting, and they ultimately lead us to put off until tomorrow what we all know we should be doing today. Excuse number one, I need to work harder or longer for fill in the blank. We're all guilty of it. No matter what we have and how much, we see someone else with a flashier car, a boat, a bigger house, nicer clothes, and we think to ourselves, wouldn't it be nice if I had that? So we pursue the next promotion or that next paycheck. That isn't to say that ambition and hard work aren't bad character traits, not at all, but they need to be tempered and we need to maintain our focus on what's truly important. From Ecclesiastes 5.15, everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. Think of the parable of the rich fool in Matthew. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and be aware of covetedness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And then I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have, which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And from 1 Timothy 6, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these shall we be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. In these verses, we see not only the dangers of focusing on storing up riches and the fallacy that that entails, but that there is also a real detriment to our spiritual health. And we also very actively see the instruction of the potential negative consequences of pursuing that wealth. The Bible warns us that the pursuit of excessive material possessions can be morally corrupting to us. So what are we instructed to do instead? From Matthew 6, Do not store for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Excuse number two, I have too much on my mind right now. People worry. I worry. I constantly worry about all sorts of things. Job, family, health. Did I forget to turn off the oven earlier before I left the house? But not only is this not healthy for us, it's pointless. We need to put our faith in God and trust that he will provide for us and take care of us. I often think back to times in my life where I was disappointed with the way something turned out. In hindsight, many of those times when I was most disappointed in the outcome opened another door for me and worked out pretty well. As I've gotten older, I've tried to worry less and put my trust in God more that whatever happens, he will take care of me. From Luke 12, then he said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? 
If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek that, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. We need to put our faith in God that he will take care of us if we are faithful and if we follow him. From Philippians 4, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If we put our faith in Jesus, we need not worry. He will provide for us and bring us the peace of mind that only he can provide. Excuse number three, I don't have time right now. This is a common excuse. In today's world, everyone is busy. Whether it's work, taking the kids to school or soccer practice, uh, grocery shopping, cleaning, going to the gym, etc. There are all sorts of reasons why we're incredibly busy. And then because of all the things I just mentioned, we're exhausted. It takes a lot of, uh, out of us just to get through all of the things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. And then Sunday morning rolls around. How many of you have rolled over and thought, man, would it be nice to just sleep in today and relax? I won't ask for a show of hands, but I'm sure everyone in this room has at some point had that thought. From Acts 24, uh, the example of uh, Felix and Drusilla, and after some days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who is Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Here is a very busy guy, a Roman official. He has enormous responsibilities and power, yet has taken the time to hear directly from Paul about Christ. While he seems moved by it, he shrugs it off and figures that he will be able to summon Paul at some later date for further information, as he has likely done to so many others. But how do we know when or if we will ever get that opportunity? As we started this lesson in 1 Thessalonians 5.2, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Jesus himself discussed the cost of discipleship in Luke 9. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus is telling us that there's no time like the present. There's no time for delay. All the excuses that we use to delay following him are meaningless in his eyes, just distractions. Just think about how much time you spend on a weekly basis trying to build that relationship with God. Now compare that to how much time you spend with a spouse, a friend, others. A relationship is a relationship, and the amount of time that you spend in one often bears the fruit for how much you will spend with them. I know if I spent one hour or two hours a week talking to my wife, she wouldn't be real thrilled with that. It's the same with Jesus. 
We all need to spend time building that relationship and fostering that relationship to have the kind of relationship that we would all want. Years ago when Reagan and I were still dating, she was a Christian and I was not. At her encouraging, I began doing a Bible study from, with someone from church. It was a really great experience. I asked a lot of questions. Uh, he never seemed to get upset, no matter how basic, uh, ridiculous, or at times skeptical the questions may have seemed. This had actually been going on for months when Reagan finally sat me down just to ask how things were going. She asked what I thought, and I said that I believed. She then asked if I wanted to get baptized. I hesitated. It was late in the evening, I was tired, and I had a long day at work the next day. But she persisted by just simply asking, I guess I don't understand. If you believe what the Bible says and understand what you need to do, why would you wait? A light bulb went off. She was right. I was using my own procrastination, laziness, and excuses to stop me from doing what I knew I needed to do. Don't let the excuses of work, worry, or a busy schedule stop you from doing what you need to do and pursuing that relationship with God. From Acts 2, 36-38, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This day is a gift from God. Live it. Those things you know you are meant to do today, don't put them off for tomorrow. And that doesn't just mean churchy things. Spend time with family. Play with children. Call a friend or a relative. Tell someone how much you love them. Serve your neighbors. There is so much possibility God has given to us this day. Don't watch it go on by. Don't put it off for another day. If there's any way that we can help you, won't you let us know? Let us know. All together we stand and we sing.